Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good. We get out your Bibles tonight. Let's get into the Word of God. We started a message a couple of Wednesdays ago. Anybody remember what that is, Sharon? <laughs> We were talking about words of power. Remember, I had an encounter with the Lord, and he spoke something to me in the way of a question. You know, anytime the Lord asks us a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Huh? When he asks his questions, he's doing two things. Number one, he's attempting to locate us where we are and what we're believing. But then he's also trying to make us aware of something that we need to look deeper into a subject matter. And so he asked me this question, what are words of power? Or what are words that emanate and release power? And so that got me reeling, you know? I thought that I knew exactly what they were, found out I didn't know as much as I thought. And so we're going to define that word tonight because we've already spent about 45 minutes on this subject already, so we're going to springboard for that. We're not going to review tonight, but we will say this, that words of power are defined this way. They are spoken words, words that you and I will speak, that will release heavenly power heavenly power that will create God's will in our life. Hallelujah. Did did you get that? Let me give it one more time. Words of power are spoken words that release heavenly power to create God's will in our life. Remember Jesus? How many of you remember Jesus? Anybody remember Jesus? Remember he told us to pray that the Lord's will in heaven would be done for us here on the earth. Remember the Lord's prayer, as they call it. Well, the Lord's will is created in our lives by words of power. And so really, we're fulfilling what Jesus told us to do to have the Lord's will in heaven to be done on earth in our life. Words of power will create that. I want us to go over to Hebrews chapter 4. And go to verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Notice what the Holy Spirit says about the Bible or the Word of God. For the Word of God is quick. Now that doesn't mean that it's fast or it accelerates at a fast speed. And quick amount of speed. No, this word quick is really 
an English word translated from a Greek word that means alive. Understand that the Bible is not information, but it contains the virtue of God. Understand that if you take a deep breath and you breathe out, a part of you is exhaled. Did you hear me? If you breathe in a big breath and then you blow that breath out, you're blowing out a part of you. Well, Jesus, or should I say the Holy Spirit, breathed into those that were to write the Word of God, and God's life, through His words, entered into the hearts of man, and then they exhaled that Word, and God's life that was breathed into them came into the Word that they wrote. The Bible is a spiritual book. Too many believers are living in just one area, and that's the seen realm. Too many of us are living solely by what can be seen and perceived by our senses and by intellectual knowledge. For us to come up higher in what God has for us, we've got to start looking through his eyes and he sees things in the spiritual realm first. The unseen. And the word of God empowers us to see the unseen. We don't need to see into the seen realm to know and to believe in our heart that we're new creatures in Christ. We don't have to see with our eyes that we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We don't have to see with our eyes or our senses that we're on our way to heaven. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, because we see all that from the word of God, which reveals this unseen realm, the kingdom of God in which we live. So the word of God is alive. It's alive. It it, it has everlasting life imparted into it. That everlasting life that resurrected our spirit. And it is powerful, or could we say creative, in nature. Hallelujah. So God's word will give life to things, God's life, and it will also release God's power, or could we say creativity. Hallelujah. So the word of God is alive and powerful, it's creative, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I like reading from the HCSB version, which is the the Holman uh, Contemporary Standard Bible. I've just recently found this translation, and I like it. Some places they just call it the CSB version. It says here in excuse me, Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and effective. It causes an effect. Now, last time we talked about how Jesus in his earthly ministry spoke words of power. Go over to Big John, the gospel according to John. Go to chapter 6. Look at verse 63. And the word of God is consistent. 
I said the, the word of God is consistent. When, when man is studying the Bible and says that there are contradictions, even though they may, may be well-meaning, and from their perspective, that is true. But understand, because God is the author of the Word of God, there are no contradictions in the Word of God. When you think you see a contradiction in the Word of God, it just means that there's something you don't know. Right? Remember when you were a little kid and mommy said, don't touch the stove, it'll burn your hand, and you go, yeah, I don't believe that. Well, she knew something you didn't know. And not too many days later, you found out what she knew that you didn't (laughs) when you touched it, right? And so here in John 6, 63, Jesus is letting us understand that it's the spiritual realm or God's spirit and life that giveth life. You see, there's nothing in this fallen world that can impart spiritual life. Nothing in this world. That's of this world. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible is not of this world. The Bible is of God's kingdom. But this is why religion doesn't work. Because religion is of man, and therefore it's of this fallen world, and it can't impart life. But Jesus says that the Bible, that which is spiritual, will giveth life, and the flesh, or things of the world, profits nothing. So it just what I just said is now substantiated from Scripture. But then he says my words. He says the words that I have spoken. Now that's a pretty bold statement. You can understand why the religious leaders had a hard time with this guy. He's making a statement saying that the words that I speak unto you are of the Spirit. And they are life or impart life. And he's talking about God's Spirit and he's talking about God's life. So that begins to explain to us what words of power are. They're of the realm of the Spirit, and they impart or manifest God's life, which includes the ability to create. So Jesus is saying here in John 6, 63, this is how he spoke words of power. His words were of the Spirit realm, and they were life-producing. Also, when he says that the words I speak unto you are spiritual, he's telling us that the words emanated or had their origin from his spirit. Hmm? See, you and I have to begin recognizing that we can speak words from our mind, our intellect, and we can also speak words from our heart. Words from our head or our mind tells us what we think or what we propose or suppose. But words from our heart express what we believe. 
And believing words are the origin of words of power. Now, question. Were the words that Jesus spoke during his earthly ministry his own? Now, don't, don't, don't answer that question too quick. But think about it for a second. Were the words that Jesus spoke on earth, in his earthly ministry, were they his own? Did they emanate from him? Now, religiously, we would say, oh, yeah, he's the son of God. But is that what Jesus said about his words in Scripture? Go with me, and please look at these, this Scripture in particular at home. Because this is an area that, that has entangled us with unbelief and low expectations of what God is able to do through the words that we speak. Look here in John 12, 49. This is from the New International Version. The, the, what you'll see on your screen with the King James will be a little different. John 12, 49. He goes right off and answers the question that I just asked. I did not speak on my own. King James says, I have not spoken of myself. Well, then who did you speak of? Where did your words come from, Jesus? But the Father who sent me commanded me he did what he commanded me to say all that i have spoken how much all we're beginning to see how submissive jesus was to the father and that was the key to the power he walked in Guess what? That'll be the key that you and I walk in as well. How much we're submitted to the word of the Father. Verse 50. I know that his command leads me where? To eternal life. So whatever I say, how much of what he says? Whatever. I say, is just what the Father has told me to say. Yes. Now, do we believe what Jesus just said? Anybody home tonight? Do we believe what Jesus said in these verses? It's either a yes or a no. If it's sometimes, then it's a no. We don't believe it. Now think about Jesus that everything he said in his life, he knew he had a green light from God to say it, and it reflected what God believed and what he would say if he was here. That's strong. That kind of helps us see some things. Wasn't it interesting when Jesus was 12 years old? 
that he got separated from his parents when they left Jerusalem. They must have been traveling in a large company and didn't notice he wasn't with them when they left. Kind of like Home Alone movie. And they didn't realize a day or so later that Jesus wasn't with them and they came back to Jerusalem and guess where they found Jesus? He was amongst the teachers of the law asking them questions about the Father's book. The books of law. Why would he have to do that? If Jesus knew everything, why would he have to do that? Why would he have to study? You've got to understand that he's likened unto us. He was in flesh. Just like you and I are in flesh. And even though our inner man already knows everything because the Holy Spirit's living there, we got to bring our mind on board. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was preparing himself to say what God wanted him to say. Hallelujah. So Jesus imitated his father, didn't he? He was saying what God would say. And in doing that, he was imitating how God created through his words. Jesus was creating through his words. Does that make sense? Yeah. Go on over to Hebrews 11.3. And I want us to get this embraced and believed tonight. I want us to see how spiritual law operates in our life. It operates the same way that it did with God and the same way it did with Jesus when he was on the earth. Hebrews 11:3 He says by or through faith we understand that the universe now the King James says the worlds and because it's plural worlds that's the meaning of the universe How I many you know this this universe that you and I live in isn't the only universe what does that mean? There's aliens? Uh, I, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> Nothing's in scripture about it, so why should I care? Too many people get hung up on things that can't be explained by the word of God, and that's what gets them off. That's what gets them focusing on things that are without power. And all they do is bring confusion. We need to stay away from those kind of things. Amen. Amen. You don't see anything in scripture about your horoscope or, or should I say your horror scope. You don't see anything in there about your sign. So why would I study in that area? It just leads me to confusion. Amen? Be careful not to get involved in areas that the scripture is not clear about. The Bible doesn't say anything about um, what's that word again? Evolution. 
So why should I study that? Why should I consider that? Why, why should I question the creation of the world? I'm just going to go by what the Word says. Well, wow, you, you're, you know, you're not up with the times. Oh, really? <laughs> That's ludicrous. I'm believing what God believes. I'm believing what God said. And that gets me at a higher level than any human being. And I don't care how many letters are after their last name. Amen. You know, it's time that we get back that God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Amen. Oh, I've gone to meddling. Look here, we, we understand, according to Scripture, that through faith, the universe was created by the frogs in the slime, you know, that crawled out and turned into an ape and then turned into... It doesn't say that. They were This universe, and you were created by the Word. Everybody say the Word. The Word of God. Hallelujah. And you know, we have to talk about these things. Because there is a, pro a progressive Christian church that's rising up in our culture. And this progressive church is adopting what man believes and bring it into theology of what we believe from the Word of God. And they begin explaining away the spectacular in a lot of areas. It even comes down to our gender. <laughs> Genesis was clear. He made man and he made a woman. Didn't say he made a man that was really a woman and a woman that was really a man. You know, it takes an intellectual mind to go off into an area that makes no sense whatsoever. But then to bring those ideals into the church will completely neutralize the power of God in that church. Well, we've really gone to meddle in there. I, these, are, these, these statements are not on my notes, so let's get back to the notes. What do you say? The universe, everybody say the universe, the universe. was created by God speaking words of power. And that's what Jesus did. He spoke God's word on the earth, and he was releasing words of power. So if you and I take on God's word and begin speaking his word in our life and about our life, it'll create God's life in our life. Let's read from the CSB version in Hebrews 11.3. It says, by faith... We understand that the universe was created by God's command. Ooh, I like that as a, as a description or a definition of words of power. They're words of command. You know, God didn't say, light be, and then looked around to see if light was being created. No, he said those words from his heart. He had the image of light in his heart. That's what he believed, and he spoke it forth, and there was no doubt Amen. that light was created. That's right. 
because he gave it the word of command. He didn't give it the word of suggestion. He didn't give it the word of hopeful thinking. He didn't give it the word of fingers crossed. Right? He did it on purpose with a command, and it was done. So, Jesus did the same thing that God did in creation, and you and I need to do the same thing in creating in our own personal life because our life needs it. We found ourselves in a fallen world. Hmm? All around us is death. And there wasn't a time too long ago that you and I were held captive in our trespasses and our sins. The most significant words of power that you and I personally have released were the words that created salvation in our life. And if we'll look at those words of power, where they emanated from, and what they created, it'll help us to say similar words of power of other areas in our life. God just didn't want us to just be on our way to heaven while living on the earth. He wanted us to be living a blessed life, a full life. Remember what Jesus said? Lord, I ask that thy will that is currently being done in heaven would be done down here on our earth. And he, Jesus said we could accomplish that through what we pray. So we can pray words of power. If we can speak words of power, we can create God's will on the earth. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. You know, we're just not going to get done tonight, are we? Gee, that is interesting, huh? Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1.23, there was a time in ministry that I was done early all the time because I had much to say. Um, some people really look back yearning for those times again. But anyway, here we are in 1 Peter 1.23. I'm reading from now my current favorite version, the CSB. 1 Peter 1.23. Since you have been born again, now this is talking about the spiritual birth of salvation. This is the resurrection of our spirit likened unto the resurrection of Jesus from hell. That's exactly what happened to us in receiving salvation. Because that's exactly what Jesus received. He's the firstborn from the dead. Guess what? I'm, I don't know, one billion something born. I don't know how, which number I am. But I'm somewhere in there, and so are you. Amen? So check this out. Since you have been born again, this is that spiritual birth of our spirit, you were born not of a seed that could be perishable or that could die. So that means that we were born of an eternal word, and this translation calls it it's not a perishable seed. 
So you were born again. I was born again by a seed. Let's find out what this seed is. You were not born again of a perishable seed, but of a imperishable, a everlasting seed. What is this seed? It's through the living and enduring word of God. Understand that God's word has been likened unto a seed. Now understand a seed is probably one of the most powerful natural things in the world. I want to define what a seed is. A seed is that which produces after its own kind. Understand that a seed contains in it the very life that God put in it to recreate itself. And many seeds, natural seeds, some of them, I think, have no shelf life. They have dug up seeds that have been in the tombs of pharaohs in some of the pyramids that they actually planted these ancient seeds that were hundreds and hundreds of years old and planted them and they produced themselves. So that creativity was dormant in a natural seed for a long time. How much more should the creativity of a spiritual seed last? It'll last forever, because that's what this scripture says. It cannot perish. It's everlasting. That's why this book is not outdated. It created life yesterday, it's creating life today, and it will create life for eternity. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So the Bible, the Word of God, is likened unto a natural seed, and it will produce itself. It will reproduce itself in the life of any believer that will release its creativity and its power. Now understand that this spiritual seed must be planted in a particular way. In the same way that there are laws to a natural seed to empower it to release its creativity to to create itself again and again and again and again. I mean, you think about a seed in an apple. How many times had that seed been reproduced? <laughs> Since God said, be! That's how long. Because when he spoke it, he put his life in it. Praise God. And yet that seed keeps producing after its own kind every time you sow it. So let's look at this eternal seed, the Word of God. We're going to look at the how and where, and we're probably just going to get to the how, maybe. <laughs> how is the Word of God sown in our heart? And this is what we, we know and we need to be reminded of. God's Word is a seed. 
and we're liking this unto our salvation. Remember, because we were born again by a seed of salvation that would reproduce salvation in our heart like it's reproduced salvation in every other believer's heart since Jesus sat down at the right hand of God the Father. Amen. So, going over to Romans 10, 17, and you understand that my teaching is never very profound or deep. Many times it's things that we've already heard. Hallelujah. But we like to keep it to where it's pertinent to our everyday life. Romans 10, 17 So then, faith, everybody say faith. faith. I'm in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. So the word seed from the Word of God comes to us into our heart by hearing the Word of God. Understand that our heart is really the soil, or could I say your spirit. Understand that the word heart that we liken to a spiritual heart is our spirit man. That's the ground in which the Word of God is sown. That's where faith operates from. From our heart. Faith does not operate from our mind or our intellect. It, it operates from our heart. So when you hear the word, it places the word of God in a place where we can release its creativity or, as we've been talking about, release a word of power that yes. creates. Amen. Amen. Yes. So faith and that capability to reproduce the word seed comes from us hearing the word of God along the lines of that which we want created. So salvation came not hearing scriptures about healing, not hearing scriptures about protection, not hearing scriptures about peace. You heard word seeds of how to create salvation in your life. Amen? So you've got to find the seed to produce the harvest you want. And he, just like the farmer, if he wants corn, he better go find a corn seed. Or who knows what he's going to get. And so each area of harvest we need to develop individually. Just because someone produces a harvest of salvation doesn't mean that they're going to produce a harvest of divine healing in their life. It, the, the word seed is created the same way, but there's an area of your mind that has to be renewed in order for you, your heart to believe in those words that you're releasing to create. Amen? And so God will lead you to start boistering up your faith in a particular area because there's some strongholds that have to be pulled down in our mind especially those that struggle or have struggled in a particular area of their life. Come on. Yes. 
they're prone to look at that area in a negative way, and that hinders the word seed from coming out of a heart that believes. So take time. Take the time and the effort to renew the mind in the area that you want to harvest in exposing your heart and your mind to the Word of God in that particular area. So the Word seed is sown in our heart by hearing the Word of God. That gives us the potential for harvest. It doesn't give us the harvest. Let's look at a couple of scriptures in line with that, and then we're going to go bye-bye. Let's go on over to Luke chapter 8, and go on down to verse 11. It's interesting, I don't usually use Luke for this subject matter, but somehow today we are. Luke 8, 11. Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower, a very familiar parable. And so he spoke it to the people without explanation. So here in verse 11, he's explaining the parable to his disciples because they were wanting an explanation. So here goes Jesus. He says, the seed, talking about the sower, soweth the word. The seed is what? The word of God. And remember earlier I said that the the Bible doesn't have any contradictions? The Bible tells tells us all through the 66 books that the word is likened unto a seed. It's very consistent. And it it has to be. It's from God. Now it talks about how this seed of the word gets into our heart where we have the potential to release it in a creative way. And those that are sown by the wayside are the word of God that they hear. So the seed of the word is sown to they that hear. Now remember, the word of God is spiritual. This So this is making the reference that they're hearing with what? Their mind? No. Their intellect? No. By the perception of their senses? No. They're receiving it and hearing it in their spirit, so they're simply believing it. For with the heart, man believeth. Too many of us think that we have faith when it's still up in our mind. It's got to get down into our heart. And that'll be a different process or length of time depending on that word seed that you're attempting to get in your heart. If a person's like a child, boom. But it gets in your heart faster when you believe that God is speaking to you personally with his words. With his words. With his words. 
You see, that's why reverence and respect and honor is so important in our faith being operational. Because when we begin to esteem God as God, and as we begin to reverence Him, as we begin to honor Him, and we put value to what He says, that's when it'll get down into our heart. Like you can have some guy come up to you and tell you a story, and just by looking at him, you've already made up your mind, I'm not going to believe a word this guy says. Because why? You don't respect the mouthpiece of, what's, of the person is speaking to you. But then you'll have some guy that, that looks respectable, looks intelligent, talks in such a way that their, their words are very well-framed and spoken and explained, and, and you're going, yeah, but you don't know that guy from Adam, but boy, you sure believe him. Come on, come on. The same way it is with God. Mm -hmm. when, when, when I believe that this is his book, when I believe that he's speaking these words to me personally, when I take them and believe them as a child, that no matter what you say, Lord, even if it contradicts everything that I've always heard about you, but you're saying this, I'm going to believe what you say and not what other people have said you said. And that takes humility and that takes submission. Characteristics that you and I are required to develop in order to be a disciple. So notice that the seed is the word of God, verse 12, and that word seed is sown in those that what? Hear. Now, where is that word seed being sown? Well, it tells us exactly, because it says that the devil comes immediately. It said in Mark, here it says, then cometh the devil. Every time you leave this church building, here comes the devil. And if you don't recognize that, you just didn't recognize that. It happens every time. I don't care who you are, you expose your being to the word of God, here comes the devil. Because he ain't scared of you, he's just scared of that word getting into your heart. And then taking territory away from him when you release his power and create. So here comes the devil. Here comes the devil. Here comes the devil. What's he coming for? To taketh away what? The word. The word that you heard that landed where? Out of your heart. Got it? Got it? Father, we want to thank you tonight for these truths. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're showing us, you're laying this all out for us. How we can speak words of power that will take territory away from the devil. And it will expand your kingdom, not only in our personal life, but those that we have relationships with out and around. Not just our family, but those neighbors in our neighborhood, those people that we work, work with and work for, and even in the Walmart. That people will just sense an integrity, a, a quality. A, a, there's something about that person that's different. 
And that's because your word is in us. That very substance of life from heaven is in us. That, that very creativity that we're releasing in just saying, how you doing? A sincerity, a love, an honesty. I thank you for all these things that you're doing, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for being so gracious tonight. You guys are wonderful listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to go bye-bye and take the mic off.